0: all I can say.
1: Oh, that was it? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> oh. Uh,
0: oh, well, well, I'll try to endeavor to say a little more.
1: All right. What does the American dream mean to you, Jeremy?
0: The American dream. I think what my American dream would be is to kind of break everything back down from like a national monoculture to like regionalism. We can get back to having like uh, cool regional rock and film scenes, okay that's you know that's what I want i want and I want to be able to have um a gun okay <laughs> and uh I should be able to get eggs whenever I want them okay <laughs> uh what else would I dream? I once had a dream that a man, I knew a man that had a dream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have you not had any of your own?
0: Uh, no. (laughs) Okay. No, uh, I don't know, man. You know, it's a scam. They call it the, they call it the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's fair. that's, That's like a George Carlin front line, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I Some, think so. Something
0: like that. He might've adopted it from someone else, but, uh, remember this guy I used to work with at UPS who was a real dummy would tell me that and I would just be like, okay. <laughs> he would just say it like it was the most profound thing ever. <laughs> um, he was kind of a, a low life lump and prole, like the character, like the characters on our film today. Oh, okay, yeah. He was just kind of a go-nowhere loser living with his mom. Don't even say it.
1: Very different from you.
0: I have, um, I've read some books. I think that's the main difference between (laughs) me and him. (laughs) I didn't, well, I don't know. I didn't spend all my time at UPS just, uh... We both worked at UPS, but I used it to go to college and he used it to, I really don't know what he used his money on because he lived with his mom the whole time. Uh, and then he had a car that was expensive, but it got repossessed pretty quickly. <laughs> he was trying to live the American dream. I think that's also another thing is that he thought, even though he would say that line, he still wanted that nice car. He still wanted, you know, that girl that would love him forever. Well. who uh, It's like his, his, uh, his high school sweetheart, you know, that kind of thing.
1: I would say, though, as somebody who sees the faults in the systems that we live under in society and tries to call them out when I see them, realistically, we're all in those systems and we might as well just make the best of them, you uh, know? No. Okay, well.
0: Are you trying to have an American dream?
1: I don't know if I have an American dream as much as just like you know, I'm living the capitalist lifestyle. Like, well, not the lifestyle in like that I like You're invested in the yeah. You don't. I'm have not invested capital. in the stock market. Well, I guess my 401k kind of is.
0: Is this the recorder? Is capital? I suppose.
1: Yeah, you I put mean, put
0: it into production.
1: I am doing a job and like making money and spending money all the time.
0: Yeah. Like just...
1: I'm feeding the system.
0: Yeah. Well, but it's know. the
1: system that I live in and I'm just trying to have a good enough life in the system because I personally am not going to be able to change it realistically.
0: I think I could change it with a few well-placed explosives.
1: Well, keep that in mind. Uh, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy.
0: Hello, I'm recording from an undisclosed location.
1: <laughs> Not calling us from the God phone today.
0: No, I lost it. <laughs> I um, dropped it in the river.
1: Oh, damn.
0: Yeah, I was texting and it was slippery, and it the God <laughs> phone slipped out of my hands.
1: Uh, well, uh, this week... what would I even
0: text on it? It's just an old Garfield phone. Right. I, was, I would have to do the, the... I
1: considered that, but I wasn't going to call it out.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, it, I'd have to do the what is. Uh, not start the... What do they call that keyboard where you would just have it's, to, like, mash it? Uh,
1: well, I mean, uh, the... It, it was T9 dialing.
0: Yeah, T9. I would have to T9 on the Garfield, on the God... The God... The Garphone. T9 the Godfield in, phone. Yeah, the Godfield. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think uh, we're ever gonna wake up from the American dream. Or no. maybe we will. Maybe it's all fracturing apart right now.
1: It's gonna be like it's gonna be like the Matrix, and we're just gonna wake up in our pods of goo. Oh,
0: man, sometimes I wake up covered in goo. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, maybe with-
0: we're already there.
1: Well, speaking of goo, uh, today's episode, we're going back to the hardcore. There's a bit of goo in this film.
0: There's plenty of goo. There's quite a few powerful loads in this one.
1: There are. Uh, <laughs> so this fi- this this week, we are covering another film by Ron Sullivan, a.k.a. Henri Pachard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week, we are talking about uh, getting personal. A 1985 release starring Herschel Savage and Colleen Brennan.
0: I think they should close all the churches and then reopen them as non-denominational community centers. Or everyone can just go and gather after work and have a good time. Okay. That's my American dream. I like I've, it. I've got a lot of thoughts about how I would change things, but no way to implement them.
1: Uh, first thing I would do is tax the churches.
0: there aren't going to be any more churches. They're gone. Oh, okay.
1: Well, if we could get rid of the churches, I I would support that most. Yeah. But if I couldn't do that, I would tax them.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. But they're not going to be there anymore. They're going to be community centers.
1: But before we shut them down, we should tax them in one big lump sum.
0: We're just going to seize all their property through eminent domain.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be ours.
0: Yeah, it's going to be ours. And then the kids will have a place to play ping pong once again. They won't have to roam the streets like a bunch of damn hoodlums. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was downtown, and I saw some kids kicking a bus. They shouldn't be kicking a bus. (laughs) They should be, the community center, kicking a ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: You do have a great American dream.
0: I do. I have a vision. Like another great man who had a dream.
1: Yeah, Herschel Savage. Yes. (laughs) Or Willie, in this case.
0: Yeah, Willie Uh, Luther King Jr.
1: (laughs) Who, uh... Sees American life first through a lot of idealism and then perhaps with a lot of skepticism with his uh, very rough and unconvincing European
0: accent. He's Italian, I think.
1: I think he's supposed to be Italian, yes.
0: He has the Italian mustache. He does. He's and Dripping I, with grease. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he does, but he kind of slips in and out of his accent. But that's okay. It's... It's a porn film. What are you going to do? Yeah. But uh,
0: there is... it's is... I texted you and kept asking if he was supposed to really be an immigrant or not. Right?
1: <laughs> but uh, there is a lot to be said here, and there is some, like... There's some serious thought and emotional uh, depth here that perhaps is a bit undermined by the fact that this is a porno, and... Uh, I don't know.
0: I think... Uh... I don't think any of it's undermined. Okay. I think, well, I'll explain what I think about this film once we get to the end. Yeah, we'll
1: talk a little bit as we
0: go along and at the end. I think you're right, though, that this film has much more to it than you would expect from the first 20 or 30 minutes of it. Right. Um, Things quickly uh, escalate.
1: Yes, things get more and more depraved as the proceedings go on. Uh, And, you know... As the raincoat audience that we are, there's fun to be had there, but there's also good conversation to come of it. To what? ask, really, is that American dream worth it? At what cost? Yeah. And that's a question that Willie has to ask himself, as we'll see.
0: Willie, Or won't he? <laughs> that's what we endeavor to learn.
1: But uh, Herschel Savage and Colleen Brennan aren't the only ones here. And I will say Colleen Brennan is mega hot in this movie. Yeah, she, she
0: looks great. Uh,
1: but who else also looks great in this film? Uh, I would point out Nina Hartley, who uh, plays the quote-unquote ex-prostitute. Uh, she's quite lovely here. Uh, along with uh, Sharon Mitchell, who plays an unforgettable role as Sylvia. And the other ladies here, Patty Petit and Rita Ricardo, are nice. Uh, and the gentlemen joining the proceedings, we have Mike Horner, yeah, John Martin, Blair Harris, uh, Henri Pichard in a non-sex role as Jimmy the Jinx, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Byron as Bob. And uh, in an unnamed role, we have Paul Thomas, who is great in his performance. Yeah. Excellent.
0: I don't believe he utters a single line, but uh, what you see, Masterclass. He might utter a line, I don't remember.
1: Uh, I will point out that Paul Thomas, uh, when he's collapsed on a table when he's first introduced and then sits up, Stephanie was in the room and said that he looks like Seth Meyers from the side. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, uh eh, kind of. I could yeah, see that. I could see it. He's got... Like if he was in a wig on SNL. Yeah,
0: maybe a bit in the nose and kind of the chin a bit. I think
1: it was the profile is yeah, what it was. I so think... that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Seth Meyers, illegitimate father.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. You know, Paul Thomas was laying pipe all through New York.
0: Yeah, he was tearing through that town. He's probably birthed, well, not birthed, but you know, channeled the creation of several uh, not ready for primetime players. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, getting personal is an interesting film. It's got it's a drama. It's got some comedic moments and comic relief to it, but largely, uh, it's an exploration of a. A relationship, uh, regardless of what the dynamic is there, between a prostitute and an immigrant who just wants his green card. Yeah. And uh, what we find out along the way is, again, the cost of freedom maybe isn't worth it.
0: I think we should let it ring.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now we need to play a sample from that Second Amendment video that you found on Pornhub. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, anyhow, if if you didn't get that joke, it's probably because you aren't a member of our Patreon. W- with uh, $5 a month, you can listen to that Pornhub roulette episode and many other episodes, including last week's kink roulette episode, where we covered some kinky and... Uh, sloppy stuff we'll say
0: yeah it was incredibly sloppy and intimate
1: aw yeah but uh in the meantime I guess that's as good a setup as any uh we're gonna go ahead and take a break and then we'll be back to talk a little bit more about getting personal uh, are you a American citizen?
0: sure why? what country are you from?
1: Uh, I-, I want to be citizen here If I marry you as a citizen, I I become a citizen.
0: Are you sure about that?
1: Yes, I asked my friend. He's sure.
0: So you want to marry
1: me? Uh, How how much money you charge to marry me?
0: This is too much. Hey, Louis, you want to hear something funny?
1: Forget it. Forget it.
0: Your bony fingers. Yeah, I was just looking at them. Just regarding my bony fingers.
1: Regarding my bony fingers? (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I open a letter to my doctor. Uh, All right, well... (laughs) You ready?
1: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about getting personal.
0: Oh, you were recording that? Uh, Yes. Excellent.
1: (laughs) Uh, So... Getting personal opens with some cars cruising through the streets at night as we uh, have our red light district in full effect, our porn theaters and strip clubs, and we get our credits.
0: I was thinking how it would be nice to probably just drink a beer and wander through this area by night.
1: Yeah, it'd probably be a fun time, and
0: we would meet a lot of
1: interesting characters.
0: If we went together, we'd be fine. Yeah. You gotta stay on your guard a little bit, I believe, but. Yeah. You know, I think. Uh,
1: me, you, and Tyler, we could figure it out.
0: Yeah, me, you, Tyler, and a joint, I think we would. We'd <laughs> yeah. work it out. Yeah. We would definitely meet some characters, though. Yes. I did, in my younger days, wander around Baltimore uh, at night with a couple friends when we went to uh, a music festival up there. hmm And they had a sort of a district uh, like this, like much smaller, obviously, but. Yeah. uh couple sex shops and like all night like food stand type places all kind of lined up and uh it was lively
1: did you get to browse some porno and buy a hero or something
0: no because my friend bought chicken and then he tried to bring it in the store and they screamed at us and we had to get out (laughs)
1: Well, that's not part of my American dream.
0: No, my American dream involves me being able to eat all chicken I want while I fucking look at dildos. Yeah. <laughs> so we then
1: cut to Willie and Wanda, this being Herschel Savage and Colleen Brennan, who uh, we get introduced to in more detail later. But our post-credits cold open here shows them on a couch together. Wanda claims to have been the best at being a hooker. Willie tells her that she wasn't the best. She tells him that one time she got paid $2,000, and he says, that was from me. She claims, but you never paid me, and he claims that he did. We zoom in on Willie's dejected face, and then we cut to the past.
0: I I'm was immediately hooked by this, and I was <laughs> like, what happened to these people? <laughs>
1: So we see Willie getting out of his van with a bag of groceries. We cut to Wanda's apartment, and there's a knock at the door. We see Wanda in her blue robe, nude underneath. She asks who it is, and Willie calls out that he has a delivery for her. She shouts out to him to wait five minutes, and he reluctantly agrees. Then we see what Wanda's up to, because she returns to her bedroom where Blair Harris is laying down with his cock out. It's quite a prominent cock here, too. Quite yeah. big.
0: Everyone in this film has a pretty substantial rod. Yeah. This is the era of the meaty schlong.
1: Indeed. He says, five minutes? I just got here. She tells him to relax, so she starts to suck and stroke his big hog. Uh, and after a few moments, he asks to fuck her, and she says that he'll have to use a condom. This makes him reconsider, <laughs> and he just tells her to keep doing what she's doing. She sucks and strokes his cock for a bit, and there's more banging at the door, and Wanda walks off to answer it. So Willie walks in with the groceries and wants the payment for him. She tells him that he has to wait, and Willie says that he can't wait. She tells him if he can't break a hundred, she needs to go get her purse. So she goes back to the bedroom and finishes tugging off Blair as Willie MacGyvers her door lock so that it won't latch.
0: Yeah, I think he's doing it with the gum. Yeah. Um... The White House burglars did a similar thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, they taped it, but G. Gordon Liddy taped it wrong, and someone noticed. Oh yeah. wasn't a real smart guy. <laughs> a lot of initiative, but uh, things didn't work out for him. You know. Yeah, his they,
1: American dream became a nightmare.
0: Yeah, actually, it went fine. He went to jail for a long time. Uh huh. Uh, but then when he came out, he was basically like a right wing celebrity. For like the rest of his life. And uh, I think lived pretty comfortably.
1: Well, fair enough. <laughs> so Wanda finishes off Blair in the back room as uh, Willie is uh, setting himself up for later re-entry into the home.
0: Yeah, uh, I was like, oh, okay, Willie's one of those criminal immigrants we're always getting warned about. <laughs> from those swarthy European countries.
1: This is the movie that all those right-wing people saw.
0: Yeah. They love it. <laughs>
1: uh, but Blair's upset that he didn't get to come in her mouth, and then he complains also that he couldn't fuck her, which she argues back that he could have, he just had to wear a rubber. He also complains about it costing $25 instead of 20 Meanwhile, Willie's just standing in the kitchen listening to all of this, and then Wanda brings him the cash and he leaves.
0: We then Did he have much of an accent in this first couple scenes? I feel like...
1: I think that he did. He just didn't really talk much. He said, like, a
0: A few few words. words. Okay. Because, once again, we're approaching the point where I think he's pretending.
1: So, I will say this. uh, I watched this movie a couple months back uh, at some time where we already had movies planned for the podcast. Mm -hmm. So, I was just getting to watch this for pleasure and not having to take notes the whole time and not enjoy it as much. Right. Um, And I thought this was really good, but... uh, Going into it, the first thing I was thinking of was his funny accent. So I was paying attention to it, and he had one here. Okay. But, you know, he was kind of, it wasn't the most convincing accent ever, and he only used, said a few words here, so. Yeah. Um, we cut back to Wanda and Willie on the couch. So this is kind of our, uh, our wrap around here to these tales. Mm-hmm. Then we cut back to Willie letting himself into Wanda's place through the back door there, stealing the money that he saw that she was keeping in a matchbox near the door. Willie then starts to sneak through her place and look around her bedroom. He picks up a pocket watch and looks at it, which is uh,
0: next to a creepy monkey
1: with symbols.
0: Yeah, the symbol monkey. Uh, the Children's
1: mon- toys the used to be shine. pure horror.
0: Yeah, I think...
1: Yeah, this that's the monkey from Monkey Shine.
0: <laughs> also from, maybe from uh what was a mystery science theater one? it was like Merlin's
1: Oh, Toy Merlin's Sh- Shop of
0: Wonders or something Wonders. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like- I think that revolved around like an evil one of these, right?
1: Uh I think so. Uh I will say that when it comes to mystery science theater, uh lately I've been rewatching a lot of it, but what happens is I watched the first segment, and by the time that, like, the movie's gotten, like, two minutes in, I fall asleep. That'll happen. And uh, that's not a negative thing to say. It's just uh, what happens, and it's my favorite thing to sleep to. That's fair. Because you wake up in the middle of it, and no matter nope. what's going on, it's just kind of a cool, chill vibe, and everybody's yeah. happy.
0: Yeah, and also, sometimes you're just like... You wake up, especially like if it's on your server, and they just kind of play one after the other. Oh yeah, you're like, "What is this? What, <laughs> what movie is this that yeah. i have seen? Catching just snippets of like a weird Fu Manchu film or something like that. It makes you feel good. Yeah. Um, we got a bit into the brown. I'm feeling it.
1: Yeah, uh, it was Merlin's shop of mystical wonders.
0: Okay, we well, were just missing the mystic. Yes. Part you don't want to do that. That's if they're just wonders. Anyone that could be anything.
1: So Willie looks at this pocket watch and decides to put it down when he sees a photo inside. And just then, Wanda comes in with a man, Mr. Siegel. So Mr. Siegel is uh, played by John Martin. Willie hides under the bed uh, in the bedroom there. Mr. Siegel explains that Wanda will make $2,000, but she has to consummate the marriage with his client to ensure that it's considered legitimate. He also adds that she has to take care of him now. Wanda asks for $500 up front, and Mr. Siegel tells her that she'll get the first payment after the wedding. So we come to understand that Mr. Siegel is working for somebody who wants to marry her.
0: Yeah, some immigrant.
1: Wanda asks, so you expect me to fuck you now for free? But Mr. Siegel explains no. Just a blowjob. He explains that Mrs. Siegel doesn't like to give blowjobs. So Wanda reluctantly agrees, and the two go back to the bedroom. He wants to sit on the side of the bed and watch Wanda blow him. And meanwhile, Willie's under the bed hiding, staring at their feet. Mr. Siegel tells Wanda to pull down her pants and play with her pussy, which Willie gets a good view of from under the bed. So she's blowing him, and... He tells her to play with her pussy with both hands, and about a minute or so later, he quickly finishes in her mouth. Mr. Siegel tells Wanda to meet him tomorrow morning and leaves. Willie, still under the bed, watches Wanda as she walks around her bedroom a bit. We then see Wanda go out to her kitchen, and she sees the matchbox on her counter and notices that it's empty. Again, that's where she was stashing her money, which Willie just stole. Mm -hmm. And so she just yells out, Damn you, Siegel! Marry my client! Damn you! So she thinks that Mr. Siegel had robbed her.
0: It was all a scam.
1: Wanda storms outside, giving Willie an opportunity to escape.
0: He removes his gum and slips away into the night. Yes. So it seems like she went after Mr. Siegel, but we never see him again, so...
1: Yeah, we do know from later on that she didn't get her money back.
0: No, well, no.
1: Well, of course she didn't because Willie had it. And
0: yeah, Willie had it the whole time.
1: Yes. So we cut to Willie and his van pulling up to another house to deliver groceries. And here he meets the ex-prostitute played by the lovely Nina Hartley. She notices how impressed Willie is with her place and notes that all a place like this takes is money. She tells him that she used to be a prostitute, and her husband is in Europe now, but she married him so that he could be a citizen. She refused to divorce him, though, because of all this money that she got to take advantage of.
0: It's very strange that this just happens to be like the next person he bumbles into. Yeah.
1: It's like if the first uh, if the first inkling of this idea wasn't enough. Yeah. He just like, happened to come across another example like the next day or whatever.
0: Yeah, and he's like, oh, it works. It's real. He was skeptical at first, but there's Nina Hartley. She's the yep. living proof.
1: Of course, Nina Hartley is known these days uh, as a sex educator over the years after mm-hmm. her porn career. Uh, and she also did a lot of like MILF Femdom stuff in her later years. Uh, I assume she's probably not doing it anymore, but I know she was into the 2000s. She starts to caress Willie, pointing out his dark eyes that she loves, kissing him before asking him to stay a while. Uh, she pushes Willie back onto a couch and slides her dress down uh, her body. She reveals her breasts and squats in front of Willie on the couch. He slides down her panties and they make out. Nina unzips Willie's jeans and strokes his cock a bit before getting on her knees and beginning to suck his cock. He's in one of those uncomfortable positions where his balls are all pushed up to the side of his cock. Nice. uh, As it's sticking through his fly. But she eventually pulls his jeans away and uh, his cock is probably much more comfortable as she sucks his cock more and she plays with her clit. Then she climbs up onto the couch and straddles his face, grinding her pussy against his tongue. Nina then bends over in front of Willie and he thumbs her vagina a bit until she slides back onto his cock. She bounces on his cock and softly chants, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, over and over again. Nina then hops off of his cock and straddles his face as she sucks and strokes his cock at the same time.
0: Do you hear like a lot of wood creaking in the background of this scene? Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: Maybe it's the couch about to collapse.
0: I think so. This film has some interesting sound design. Uh, I feel like in the first scene when they're just driving around the kind of New York area, there's music, but there's also like a lot of voices cut in with it that are playing. And there's a scene later on where it sounds like flies are buzzing constantly.
1: Oh. (laughs) Uh... But she sucks and strokes his cock until he erupts in a big load.
0: So this is one of those big eruptions. Yeah, it's one of the ones we promised. You know, they're they're coming at you.
1: She says. She says that's the one thing that isn't dark, and she's looking at his cum. We then cut to a strip club. There's a lady dancing on stage. Willie walks in and orders a drink.
0: So far, most of this movie is just Herschel Herschel Savage wandering into different places.
1: Yeah. He talks to a hooker at a table there and tries to talk her into marrying him. She laughs him off, and Willie says never mind, kind of embarrassed by that, and storms off. Then Willie finds Wanda sitting at the bar. He approaches her, and she doesn't recognize him at first until he reminds her that he delivered groceries to her the other day. He asks if she's a prostitute, and she scolds him, saying we don't tend to say that out loud.
0: you can't say that at the bar.
1: Willie asks Wanda about marrying him, which leads her to ask him if he knows a man named Siegel, which he denies. Willie tells her that all she needs to do is marry him and live with him for a week. She tells him that she happens to know all about this sort of arrangement, and it'll cost him $3,500 up front. Willie is shocked by this, having, unknown to Wanda, listened in on her prior arrangement. He offers her $2,000, and she says no, and says the best she could do is $3,000. He then tells her that he'll give her $1,000 when they get married and the rest in monthly payments. She decides she's done with this negotiation and goes to leave, and and then he stops her and says he can give her $200 now. $500 when they get married and $500 when they get divorced. She sighs and finally agrees.
0: I like that he's driving such a hard bargain, even though he robbed her previously (laughs) and just has that money at his disposal.
1: Well, I don't know that he has like $2,000 or $3,500 though.
0: I don't know quite how much she had, but he could hand that off as a uh, down payment. Surely it would just be giving it back to her.
1: Right. So then we cut to them on the couch again, and Wanda tells Willie he never finished paying her, adding she was going to use that money to go to hairdressing school. We see Willie and Wanda walking the streets together, and there's a voiceover of an officiant pronouncing them man and wife. Whilst walking the street, Wanda asks for her money, and he pays it to her. She asks what he's going to do after they get divorced, and he says that he's going to open a restaurant. She says she wants to go to hair school. He tells her now it's time to consummate the relationship. Wanda tells him that no one will know if they don't, but Willie says he'll know, and besides, he wants to because she's beautiful. So we cut to Wanda's bedroom, and she's telling him to get this over with because she has to go turn tricks, which Willie doesn't understand at first, and she has to explain as, of course, her doing her work. Wanda lays on the bed, and she gestures for him to wear a rubber, but he tells her that he doesn't wear those. (laughs) She finally agrees and says that's okay as long as he pulls out, and she's very emphatic, uh, asking him to make sure to pull out. Willie kisses Wanda's shoulders and breasts as he pulls down her slip to reveal them. A bit of a romantic jam plays as they kiss and they lay sideways, Uh, and Willie penetrates Wanda and they start to fuck. Willie mounts Wanda missionary and fucks her a bit. He rolls onto his back and Wanda licks his cock before squatting and mounting him in kind of a modified cowgirl position. America, Willie whispers in excitement. <laughs> Wanda oh, s- Willie. <laughs> Wanda slowly rides his cock as she plays with her clit. Wanda dismounts and strokes Willie's cock. "'Oh, Wanda! Oh, I come!' (laughs) And (laughs) Willie explodes all over Wanda's hands. Wanda stands up, and Willie asks where she's going. She tells him that she's gotta go make money. She's got tricks to turn. Willie seems dejected by this, despite the uh, artificial nature of their relationship. We see them on the couch again. Wanda asks Willie if he remembers Lucille, and that day he was supposed to pretend to be her husband. He says no, and Wanda says, of course you do. You just don't want to admit it. And Willie yells, it was not my fault. So we cut to the bar, and we get introduced to Lucille, uh, this being Rita Ricardo. She's talking to a man at the bar named Henry, played by Mike Horner. Henry's smoking his pipe there. Lucille's complaining about her drunk husband, and Henry offers her $20 to keep her on her feet. Lucille turns this down saying that she's not that type of woman we see Wanda elsewhere in the club making sure Willie knows the plan
0: yeah I like the the 80 synth pop bar music in this film a lot oh yeah, uh, yeah. much more than the soft romantic jam yeah uh, I think they said all them in the credits all the music is by one person I'm yeah IMDb. on
1: IMDB it's by Barton Leslie the third.
0: Yeah, I knew he was, a, he was a, the third. Um, what do you think the other Barton Lesleys were getting up to?
1: I don't know. He composed for 12 films. Uh, this is the only one that we've covered that he did. But he did it for Taboo American Style 1, 2, 3, and 4.
0: Oh, wow. That's a completely different, t- It's like a spinoff. I guess franchise,
1: or or you know, a off franchise.
0: It's like the American Pie, where they go to band camp. It's like one of those. It's a spinoff. Uh, it's a ripoff spinoff. These, it's all the same.
1: These are uh, directed by Henri Pichard, though, so at least there's that. At it's, least uh, there's that a seal of some level of quality, not necessarily the highest quality, <laughs> but uh, some level of quality. Uh, I've clicked on several of these, and all of the ones that I see that he's... Oh no, he de- he did music for Fred Lincoln's film, Man Maneaters. So, uh, all of the other ones that I clicked on were Henri Pichard films. Anyhow. Yes. That's not important. <laughs> Lucille tells Henry that he's right, that she is entitled to her love and her feelings. Henry calls her brave. Lucille asks Henry to escort her home. Henry stutters, asking her about her husband, but Lucille tells him that her husband's away, looking for work. Henry and Lucille leave, and Wanda and Willie watch them leave. Wanda confirms again that Willie knows what to do, and he's supposed to go in an hour. So we see Lucille and Henry arrive, and they're at Wanda's place, which Lucille is pretending her is hers. Henry starts to caress Lucille, and she compliments his touch. She starts to collapse, and Henry catches her and carries her to the bedroom where he lays her down. They both begin to undress, and Henry puts his pipe back in his mouth upside down.
0: Yeah, you can hear him breathing through the pipe as he (laughs) kind of gets hot and horny until he drops it.
1: Lucille asks Henry to do what her husband would never do to her. He asks what she means by that, and she tells him to make her suck his cock, to put his thing in her mouth. Lucille sucks his cock and then strokes it with her breasts. She then lays back on the bed and begins to pulsate her vagina at him.
0: Man, yeah, she can really fucking pulsate those holes.
1: Yeah, she's like flexing them at him.
0: Yeah, she should have been in a little film... By a little man in Carlos, <laughs> Carlos Tobolina,
1: pulsating flesh.
0: Yeah. She should have been one of the women who gets impregnated by the Longfellow. Oh, yeah. And then afterwards, we see her holes pulsate. Yeah. They're so full of super sperms.
1: <laughs> His sperms.
0: His sperms.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he begins to go down on her, and she puts her panties over her own face. Um, Henry mounts Lucille Missionary, and then she rolls over and fucks him cowgirl. After a bit, he says he's going to come, and she quickly dismounts and tells him not to come. He asks why, and she tells him, It's not right. She's a married woman. He tells her, You're right. She says that his wife is lucky to have him. Then the two roll over and start to make out again. Henry mounts Lucille Missionary again, And after a minute or so of thrusting, he asks, Now, Lucille? And she tells him, No, it's not right. And she rolls away from him again (laughs) and grabs his cock with her hand. She tells him to save it for his wife. Then she decides to kiss his cock a bit. She tells him, He's sweet, but don't come. She strokes him a bit more and he says, I'm coming. And she tells him to come just as Willie walks in and asks, What's going on? Lucille asks, shocked, My husband's here. But, uh, as this is going on, Henry comes all over Lucille's face.
0: Yeah, another big one.
1: Willie asks, Is that tapioca all over your face? (laughs) Willie asks how Henry could do this to another man's wife.
0: You offered to help by coming on my wife's face. (laughs)
1: Lucille asks Willie not to hurt him and adds that Henry offered to help them. He offered them money. And yeah, that's when Willie says that you were offered to help by coming on my wife's face.
0: You offered to help by coming on my wife's face.
1: Lucille says that he offered them $20, which causes Willie to stare angrily at Henry. You offered $20 to come on my wife's face? Willie asks how much money Henry has and how much money a man's dignity is supposed to be worth. Henry says he just went to the bank and he pauses and says he has $3,000 and they can take it. Willie storms off and says Henry has taken his honor, pounding his fist against the wall. We then cut back to the bar. Wanda asks how it went, and Willie tells her it went perfect, and they got $3,000. Wanda is excited by this and asks for her share of the money. Willie tells her that Lucille has the money. Wanda is furious, saying that she owes Jimmy the Jinx $500, and she's supposed to pay him today. Willie says to relax, because Lucille will come through that door with the money any second. Wanda tells him that Lucille's never coming through that door again. Jimmy the Jinx then approaches, again, this is Henri Pichard himself. Yes. As a a low-life crime lord, or at least, you know, somebody with some level of uh, respect.
0: Some sort of, uh, not quite a pimp. Yeah. But someone who facilitates uh, such
1: interactions and dealings Yes. yes
0: interactions
1: jimmy the jinx approaches and is introduced to willie by wanda jimmy welcomes willie to the country and asks if lucille has his money wanda tells him not yet and jimmy's unhappy with this but willie tells him that the money will be here any minute adding that lucille's bringing it so jimmy turns to wanda and says we're gonna have to make other arrangements clearly understanding that lucille is not coming with the money Wanda tells Jinx that she'll get him the money and Jimmy tells her it's her fault for letting her stupid husband give Lucille the money. He tells her, however...
0: They're really hard on immigrants in this film. Yes. They're too stupid to know that they're getting scammed. (laughs) I guess so. Oh, man. I didn't look into it at all because it sounds insufferable, but there was like a recent uh, big article about a... by this, uh, I think, I forget where she works, maybe Washington Post or something, financial mm-hmm. advice columnist. Uh-huh. Basically getting scammed by a fake CIA agent <laughs> to give him $50,000 in a shoebox. <laughs> um, so, you know, even if you're a financial advice columnist, you're as dumb as a guy that just got off the damn turnip boat.
1: Uh, I don't know the details because I didn't. Read the whole article, but uh, there was a recent thing where somebody who works for a big financial company uh, sent $20 million of the company's finances to uh, a guy who scammed them using uh, AI. That's awesome. Uh, and they used like video representations of people who work at the company to do like a fake uh, video call with them.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's probably going to happen to the guy that fucking owns my job. (laughs) (laughs) He's always on video calls. Oh, no. (laughs) He needs to insist on face-to-face meetings.
1: But, uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, one of those uh, warnings of the AI future that we're facing.
0: It seems like a lot of rich people get scammed.
1: It's because they're not used to having people take advantage of them.
0: Yeah. They're used to doing the... Taking advantage of.
1: Yeah, they're not... Like, poor people, they know to be cautious and yeah, worried and expect yeah. to be scammed. Because yeah. they're constantly being scammed. Yeah. By the man.
0: Yeah, by everyone, really.
1: By everyone, including, but not limited to, the man.
0: I got a new phone, and this one gets calls, and I hate it. <laughs> it's, I want my God phone back. <laughs> when you
1: had your god phone it was easy only god called you and it was shaped like garfield
0: yeah and we would text with t9 <laughs> text god and say it was uh He still thinks that's funny
1: <laughs> he does
0: yeah he's old
1: he's stuck in he's the late 90s head. and early 2000s
0: yeah he thinks um
1: He's always calling people retards.
0: Yeah, he <laughs> says it a lot.
1: It's really uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, but what are you going to do? He's God. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, Jimmy the Jinx, however, tells Wanda that they're in luck because Sylvia is coming to town and Wanda can work off her debt with Sylvia. Wanda says that Sylvia is a $1,200 trick. And it's explained to Willie that the reason for that is that Sylvia has disgusting tastes.
0: Yeah, she has nasty habits.
1: But she's a wealthy woman, and she's into degrading and bizarre acts. Jimmy tells both Wanda and Willie to come tomorrow night and meet him there. Wanda is furious with Willie, who feels like she shouldn't be, as it was her friend that he trusted. We then cut to Wanda's place where Wanda and Willie are arguing, Wanda explains that they have to meet Sylvia in a men's bathroom and yells about how disgusting it is and how he better get hard or she'll cut his dick off.
0: Damn. Being married's not easy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So we cut to the bar and see Sylvia talking to Jimmy the Jinx. At the same table is Paul Thomas passed out. Sylvia spots Wanda at the bar and is excited to see her. Jimmy wakes up Paul who Sylvia demands doesn't tell her his name so Paul goes into the bathroom joining in with Willie and Wanda we see that uh Paul Thomas p t here is run down and the three of them are standing there when Sylvia arrives he again just, he's yeah he's not talking or anything
0: yeah he just seems to be very strung out and he tries to fondle her uh fondle uh Wanda. Yeah, she pushes him away and says it's just for Sylvia.
1: Yeah, he's got like dark rings under his eyes.
0: Yeah, he's got a one of those leather vests. Yeah, it's kind of it's brown. It's not black. What's the difference?
1: Brown and black. Well, our stomachs knew the difference when we drank black instead of brown. Oh yeah. <laughs> So Sylvia arrives and demands to suck Willie's dick And wants Wanda to suck P.T.'s dick So Sylvia has Willie sit on the urinal as she blows him And tells him to watch Wanda suck Paul's dick Sylvia tells Willie to get nasty with her And Wanda suggests that he grab her hair So the BJs continue for a couple minutes here And then Sylvia stands up and pulls down her silk panties And bends over in front of Willie telling him to put his fingers in her pussy.
0: I don't know if Sharon Mitchell's hair is real here or a wig, but it is huge.
1: Yes, it is. She then tells Willie to put his cock inside her. We cut to Sylvia riding Willie's cock reverse cowgirl. She asks Wanda to come over and lick her clit as she's riding him. Sylvia strokes Paul Thomas's cock at the same time. Sylvia has Wanda pull down her panties and then go sit on the toilet. She first has Wanda suck PT's cock, and they're in a stall with side by side toilets.
0: Yeah, it's worth was, noting. <laughs> that's just how it was back then. People didn't have the expectation of privacy. Yes. Uh, we were a more open culture. When I close all the community, when I close all the churches and turn them into community centers, we're going to bring this back. Yeah, and the trough. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a trough in the woman's room, too.
1: (laughs) Have a trough there and just get rid of all stalls.
0: Yeah. It's just two troughs. It's two troughs, one wall and one wall. You have to look at each other, whether you're making number one or number two. You're in the trough. It's called equality. Maybe You should think about it. Actually, there's not even a woman's room in a men's room. Maybe it's
1: just one trough. It's just... One trough with a big hole at the bottom.
0: It is um it's like one of those fountains that you would used to have at the mall
1: <laughs> there's a bunch of coins at the bottom
0: there's a bunch of coins <laughs> and shit at the bottom yes
1: uh so is going down on wanda that's my
0: american dream <laughs> fucking digging through shit to find a couple quarters <laughs>
1: Uh, so is going down on Wanda She's sucking P.T.'s cock
0: Do you uh, hear you? Do you hear the fake fly, The fly buzzing in this?
1: Uh, I didn't notice it
0: Okay I felt like it was It might have been My imagination But I
1: <laughs> Is it the part of your brain That convinced you That you heard about the god phone?
0: Yeah <laughs> That part has been In <laughs> It's been completely altered By black <laughs> You know? Maybe uh, that
1: was part of the government's whole project with us when we were looking through the raincoat files.
0: Yeah. We've been duped. We've been it's, used.
1: It's just like MK Ultra but with black.
0: Yeah, it's MK Black. <laughs> that stands for mighty cool black. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, a guy starts knocking on the door and asking what's going on in there, and Sylvia tells him to go away.
0: Yeah. They should have made this part in smell a vision <laughs> <laughs> Sylvia talks about how bad it smells. Yeah. How much she loves it. I was honestly surprised that there wasn't anything, like, actually bathroom-related in this scene.
1: Yeah, the only thing is that the toilet that Wanda's sitting on has yellow water in it.
0: Yeah, it might be real urine uh it looks like the toilet itself looks gross and unwashed
1: yeah so uh, this was a
0: real bathroom somewhere some sex club i assume
1: probably so wanda's squatting over the toilet as sylvia's going down on her from below and now paul thomas is just jacking it watching sylvia's masturbating and tells P.T. to come all over her, which he does, stroking his cock and exploding on her tits as Wanda continues to play with herself, straddling Sylvia's face.
0: Yeah. She's hollering about how her hair's in the toilet?
1: Yeah, Sylvia tells Wanda to flush the toilet and get out, and she does. Wow. We then cut to Wanda and Willie coming home. Wanda starts to slap Willie, yelling at him for referring to the situation as interesting.
0: Yeah, how do you think you would fare in this situation? do you think you would have come up with a different word to describe what you had just went through?
1: No. <laughs> Considering my raincoat reviews, I would say no.
0: No, you would I have...
1: probably would have definitely described it as interesting. Yeah,
0: you're like, well, that was interesting. And she would have just <laughs> beat the shit out of you.
1: Wanda yells about how they don't have money for food and they won't have somewhere to live in a few days. Willie suggests to Wanda that they talk to Jimmy the Jinx as he said that he could always help them. Wanda yells that she's never going to talk to that man again. We then immediately cut to Wanda and Willie talking to Jimmy the Jinx. Ha. He says that he can help them, and they can help him. Jimmy tells them that he knows about some runaways. She asks, you mean like kids? And he clarifies, they're not kids, but they need somewhere to stay.
0: Yeah, I like that he has to specify that he doesn't mess with kids. Yes. Uh It's weird to be an 18-year-old runaway. I think you're allowed to do it at that point. Yeah. You can just leave.
1: Yeah, you're not really a runaway at that point. You're just somebody who doesn't have a home.
0: Yeah, you're just homeless. You're not a runaway. (laughs) You're just homeless. Uh,
1: But Jimmy explains that he wants the runaways to work at his live sex show, but they need some convincing. So he says that he'll pay Wanda and Willie $1,000 to get them to fuck each other. Willie thinks this is a good deal, but Jimmy explains the obstacle. They're brother and sister.
0: I'll say the music sting when he says that is perfect.
1: (laughs) So then we cut to Wanda's place and see these siblings arguing with one another. So this is Judy and Bob, played by Patty Petit and Tom Byron.
0: Yep, we've seen numerous times before. This was early, uh, especially in Tom Byron's career. I believe he's still going. Not so sure about Patty Petit.
1: Well, he was Tom Byron was in the uh, possession of Mrs. Hyde.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: So yeah, that was just a few years ago. I assume Patty Petit is probably not still in the industry. Yeah, Uh, but I haven't clicked on her IMDb to know for sure.
0: And we never will.
1: And we never ever will.
0: (laughs) I'd rather click on Rita Ricardo's IMDb, and she hated the Power Rangers.
1: Oh, oh! <laughs> uh, it looks like Patty Petit's last uh, credits were in 1990, where she was in "Sex to See 19 Pussy Whipped Pussies."
0: Okay, <laughs> that sounds uh, sounds like she got out at the right time at the peak.
1: <laughs> that seemed worth the click overall. Anyway. Judy and Bob are talking to each other, alone. Judy tells Bob to remember that he's supposed to pretend to be her fiancé. She goes over more details of their lie with him, but decides halfway through to kind of change her mind on the story. Uh, But then Willie and Wanda walk in. Judy introduces Bob as her fiancé, and she explains that they had to leave town due to the authorities asking questions about a certain liquor store robbery. Yeah. They agreed to work sex shows, but Judy says that they don't want to work together. They feel more comfortable working with others and seem to be under the impression that they'd be working with Wanda and Willie. Wanda sends Willie away, and uh, Wanda starts to grill Judy and Bob about their plans to work with other people and asks Bob about his ability to get it up. Wanda asks Judy if she would be offended by Wanda sucking Bob's cock, and she says that'd be okay. Wanda suggests that Judy could join in, but Judy says she'd rather watch.
0: Not sure why they chose to pretend to be a couple.
1: Yeah, that's weird.
0: But now it's a game of incest chicken. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Wanda tells Bob to take his pants off and gets down to blow him. Bob gestures for Judy to leave, but Wanda tells Judy she needs to stay. After all, Bob needs to get used to people watching him. So Wanda tells Judy to sit on the couch next to Bob. She tells Judy to play with herself and has Bob put his arm around Judy. Then she has Bob touch Judy's pussy. As Wanda is sucking Bob's cock, she tells them to kiss each other and says when they start kissing that they're acting like their brother and sister. They act a bit nervous and get pressured into Judy stroking Bob's cock as Wanda licks his balls. The siblings exchange a concerned look. Meanwhile, we cut away to Billy, who's at the bar drinking. We cut to Wanda talking Judy through sucking Bob's cock. She tells Bob to relax and feel her mouth sliding up and down his big cock. After they get going, Wanda asks, Is she your sister, Bobby? And he admits yes, and Wanda tells him he needs to get used to it. He's going to be performing with his sister, and they're going to advertise them as brother and sister. Judy continues to suck his cock. We cut to Wanda eating Judy out from below, and the ladies are 69ing a bit. Eventually, Wanda calls Bob over and sucks his cock a bit before pushing it inside Judy. Bob begins to fuck Judy doggy style. Wanda asks Judy how it feels to fuck her brother. We cut to Willie at the bar looking sad and eventually standing up and walking away. We cut back to Bob fucking Judy doggy style. Eventually, Wanda says, Don't come inside her, dummy. Come on her ass like you're going to do at the show. Yeah. And indeed, Bob pulls out and comes on his sister's ass. It's going to pop.
0: And, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. It's several jets worth. <laughs> It might be the best nut he's ever busted.
1: Bob in the Jets.
0: <laughs> Bobby in <and> the Jets. <laughs> bunk, 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 bunk. If I had we- a xylophone, you know how good that would sound?
1: It'd be great. Oh, is that something we've talked about?
0: Uh, Yeah, in the past. We yes. talked about getting me a xylophone.
1: We'll work on that. Okay. If nothing else, we can get you a toy store xylophone.
0: I love it. I think they probably all sound the same.
1: Probably. <laughs> we see Willie standing and watching this. Uh, As the camera pans up, clearly upset by what he's seeing. We cut to Wanda and the siblings on the couch, Willie standing over them. Judy tells Bob it isn't her fault, and Bob tells her that this was her idea, after all. He adds, they can't go home. They're stuck there. Judy says that her mom's going to blame her. And Judy asks what she's supposed to do now that she's fucked her brother. Wanda tells her, go to Jimmy. Tell him to put you to work. She pauses and then tells them that they're good kids and they should put their clothes on and leave. She says, Life is tough down here. Which I think might be the most important line in the film. Close. We see Wanda shutting the door. She's crying and her makeup's running. She starts throwing shit all over the kitchen. Willie calls her a whore for involving him with a brother and sister. Wanda slaps him and he sulks away, telling her she broke his nose. He kind of
0: punches him, really. Yeah. And really hauls off.
1: We then cut back to them on the couch. Wanda asks if his nose is really broken, and he says no. Wanda says that she'll get money from Jinx, and she'll give him half. Wanda says that you're never going to open that restaurant. And then Willie asks her, when are you going to hairdressing school? She says soon, and mentions she has an application. Then Wanda asks Willie if he's hungry. He says he isn't. I think I'm scared. Wanda then says, I guess perhaps the most important line in the film. Welcome to America, Willie. Yeah. And lays her head on his shoulder as the credits start to play. What I think is interesting, and this is a small detail, is that this is not a freeze frame. No. They just sit there with each other silent for a minute and eventually it does freeze as the credits finish. Mm-hmm. But there's a solid, like, 15 seconds of them just sitting there in silence.
0: Yeah. I watched Pearl recently. Uh huh. And, uh,
1: oh, yeah. that <laughs> It was pretty
0: good. It does end on that same note yeah, where it instead does. of a freeze frame, it's just her, like, maniacal trying face. To, trying to maintain this, yeah, maniacal smile for a long time. <laughs> uh, not quite the same, but it just, yeah, it just it reminded me of that. It was a decent movie. I liked it.
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot. I liked X more. You did? And I'm excited about Maxine, although she kicked that guy in the head and thought it was funny.
0: Yeah, that's a problem. (laughs) She's insane. She's actually her character now. I guess so. Well, you know, I guess we'll have to see what happens in Maxine to figure it out. Yeah. And I guess our listeners will have to wait after this break to hear our Raincoat reviews.
1: Yes, okay. So, we'll be back in a few moments to talk a little bit about, or I guess... To give our final thoughts on getting personal.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Oh. You bitch! Oh, my God! It's my husband! God, my God! What are you doing to my wife? I'm gonna kill you. Hold on, wait a minute! Oh, Henry. Oh, I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed. Look at you. What's that on your face? Tapioca? Oh, I'm so ashamed. With my husband broke and out of work, and he's gonna see us like this. What else gonna happen to me? What more? How can you do this to another man's wife? What kind of man are you? Willie, please don't hurt him. It's my fault. Henry's a good and kind man, he's a gentleman. You offered to help us, Willie. You offered us money. Yes. Didn't you, Henry? Yes, yes I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. You offered to help by coming on my wife's face?
1: Well, well I did, but no. Ready, willing, and unstable.
0: Yeah. That's me. <laughs> but uh yeah, we're back now. And once again, my stomach is churning <laughs> over
1: the raincoat review <laughs>
0: that causes your stomach to churn. I get so nervous. <laughs> okay.
1: Fair enough.
0: Um, man, you what don't a- want
1: to disappoint John Cassier with your raincoat review.
0: No, I don't. I have a lot to live up to. <laughs> uh, what a film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really liked it. I It took me for a true ride, and uh, it taught me a little bit as well. Yeah. Uh, it really... Uh, I think we talked a little bit earlier about how it has comedic elements, but those are almost to kind of, like, lull you and lure you in. Sure. Like, the first half of this film is quite different from the back half of this film.
1: It is, because up front, uh, it feels a bit... I wouldn't say whimsical, but not dark.
0: No, not quite a rom-com, but closer to... Um, oh, fuck, what was the one where John Leslie was a bodyguard?
1: Oh, uh, uh, oh, uh, Champagne for Breakfast.
0: Yeah, Champagne for Breakfast. Closer to that at first.
1: Yeah, because you might think that like the end of this movie is going to be them falling in love or whatever.
0: Yeah, and getting out of this terrible life. But, yeah. Uh, nope, they're stuck in it. Uh, that's a, it's quite bleak. Yeah. <laughs> quite a powerful message. Um, and I think, uh, Pichard handles it, uh, very well. Yeah. Um, uh, I think this film manages to be very erotic without necessarily glamorizing, uh, um, yeah. a lot of the content of it. It is, uh, like what you said, it kind of fakes you out in that you think it's going to be kind of a whimsical romantic film. Yeah, because... It becomes uh, more of a portrait of, like, working class struggle or even sub-working class struggle, really, because they're not even really in, like, a labor force.
1: Well, and they're at the point where, like, she can't, pay for food right Granted, it is because willie robbed her right yeah but i'm getting the impression that like she wasn't like super wealthy or anything
0: no uh you might think because it's a adult film that they would paint this in like a more glamorous like style like oh she's like high class call girl type type of character but no she's like a basically like a street walker. yeah um who just happens to be incredibly hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the uh, fellow she gets mixed up with. And uh, I really I really liked it. I uh, I was surprised by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was charmed by its depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quite like both characters. I think both Herschel Savage and Colleen Brennan give great performances in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, say what you want about his accent but i think the acting behind it is still pretty solid
1: yeah for sure
0: uh man speaking of bad accents i watched the ghost in the darkness recently which has uh val kilmer fighting like man-eating lions in africa
1: oh okay yeah But he's
0: supposed to be irish and he he completely drops the irish (laughs) accent after like the first five minutes of the film (laughs) it's just gone oh man he's terrible okay (laughs) but uh yeah, I think they both gave really strong performances. Uh, they both feel very human and, uh, I think, well-rounded. And I think uh, you see that a lot just in their interactions with each other. like Because they argue, they fight. They're not particularly happy. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I like it. I like that level of realism that we don't get to see too often in our adult films. I think this would actually make a good companion piece to another Pichard film, matinee idol. Okay. It's kind of a, uh, you have one where it is like an idolized kind of version of that, where they're like all like big adult film stars. Right. Um, and then you have like the, uh, obviously it's like much more street level tale of people just trying to survive by selling their bodies or, kind of running scams or whatever they can do
1: do you think do you open with matinee idol and then move on to getting personal yes i think that's the way to go i think that's
0: the way to go i think you might be too demoralized after yeah uh this one to really want to watch another one and have a great (laughs) time but uh yeah i i thought it was a i think it's a well shot film too there are quite a few like very well-framed shots, uh, well-blocked, uh, things like that. Uh, just all around, a above-average production, I'm going to give it a strong four and a half. Okay. Um, uh, I was really impressed by this film. I like that it took off from where I thought it was going to go, mm-hmm. and uh really gave me something to think about and chew on. Yeah. You know? Uh, imagining seeing this in a theater in 1985, and kind of walking out afterwards dejected <laughs> <laughs> and no longer horny
1: <laughs> um yeah, uh, I would say that you know Henri Pachard is somebody whose filmography is uh... Not consistently great, but he has several great films. Yeah,
0: this one's uh, definitely up there. Uh, yeah,
1: we've watched other ones that we were a little more disappointed with.
0: Like Showdown, I think was yeah. the one in particular that had some good talent, but didn't really do it. That's another thing this film has is a really solid uh, cast.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Some very strong, like especially on the male side. Yeah. Not that any of the anything wrong with any of the women, but like as far as like you know big names will come to respect and to. Of course, strung out. Paul Thomas.
1: Yeah, I mean, he doesn't like say anything, but at the same time, he it's gives a great performance.
0: That's all you need.
1: Um, yeah, I would say that this film, uh, this film impressed me because, like I said, I watched this a couple months ago, and honestly, I liked it more the second time that I watched it. Yeah. Um, I think this time I was watching it a little more analytically, mm-hmm. and because of that, it made me think a lot more about what was going on and kind of, and this film is not that it's a thinker in the sense that like you have to piece together a puzzle or anything like that, but it's more of a thinker in the sense that like you're, you have to, to get everything out of the film, you have to sit there and kind of analyze the emotional state of all the characters and stuff, because it's not like it comes out and tells you, Oh, I'm happy and I'm sad, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it,
0: it's. He does say he's scared at the end, but he does. Yeah, that's touching. It's poignant.
1: But uh, you know, so many of the adult films that we watch have like no depth to them,
0: and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Even where there should be depth, there's just nothing, and I think it's because the titles are similar. But we did. Was it getting? No, was it getting physical? Let's get physical. There was one we covered.
1: Uh, the one where uh, Paul Thomas's legs don't work.
0: No, not that one. There was okay. one we covered way back about like a woman who was training to be an athlete. Who's like uh, boyfriend? Physical
1: was... attraction. I okay.
0: think that. The... Okay, I'm completely off base. But
1: yeah, let's get physical. I think is the one where With Paul Thomas Thomas's... is a dancer whose legs don't work anymore. It's a
0: cruel title. Uh, yeah, physical
1: it. attraction. I believe that is... one has
0: zero depth. That is a film yes. where there's like. Just a woman being abused and is just, like, very happy and smiley through it. Uh, So, yeah, like I said, I really do appreciate, like, the effort at realism in this one. Yeah. And I know normally, like, when we talk about films like that, we're talking about something like... Like that grittiness, like water power or corruption or something like that. Those films aren't necessarily, like, realistic, though they depict, like, a darker side of life.
1: Yeah, they're more... They're more stylized and, like, kind of a noir take on kind of gritty stuff. This
0: one is maybe closer to something like My Name is Lisa, or Her Name Was Lisa. Sure. It's not... Uh, It's not as dark. Right. Uh, This one doesn't leave you with much hope, but it's not, like, completely, like...
1: I would say that the... Like,
0: nihilistic. Sure. uh,
1: Because at the end of the movie, to be honest, while, like... They both like feel really bad about what's happened and everything. The one thing that you could look at with optimism is the fact that they're still there with each other. Yeah,
0: they do seem to have developed some kind of connection, even if it's not love. There is like some human connection at the end of it. Yeah, and because
1: uh, they seem to be empathetic to one another as they're talking to each other. Right. And it it's not like uh Wanda's just like get the fuck out of my house, Willie. I never want to see you again. Which right. could have been the way that they took it. Yeah. It seems like they're still there with each other. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, I'll give you the half of the money and they talk more about like the restaurant and the hairdressing which i guess may not actually happen but again that's kind of part of that american dream you have those goals and everything and then like to get there you have to sell your soul yeah and that's kind of like the theme of the film is that like what is the cost of the american dream yeah and uh for willie and wanda it was a bit too much for what they you know, yeah. Want it. Like it was more than they wanted to pay. Yeah. But, uh, I will say this. I did like it more on the second time. I Mm -hmm. still think that of the Henri Pichard films that we've watched, the devil and miss Jones two is the best and certainly
0: a lot more lighthearted than this. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like total. It's like night and day.
1: But I will say that this, like you said, it is a good double feature with Matinee Idol. Mm -hmm. And I think that I feel similarly about this that I do to Matinee Idol. Although, you know, again, they're very different in tone. Mm -hmm. Um, I I gave this three and a half stars when I first watched it, but I'm going to give it four stars now.
0: I think you don't have a choice.
1: Yeah, I don't have a choice. I have to give it four stars. I liked it a lot. There's a lot of depth here more so than in the typical adult film. And it makes me a little bit more, uh, it makes me a little bit more positive on, Henri Pichard's filmography because we've seen ups and downs in it. Yeah. And, uh, it started to feel like it was just all over the place, but now I'm feeling like, you know, it's probably more ups than downs.
0: Yeah. I think he's a man who, uh, Will occasionally the de- a man who will occasionally just uh, you know nail it and just knock it out of the park. Uh, I'm sure there's probably like time considerations and budget considerations sure. and things like that that go along with it. But uh, I think I've rated like three of his movies very highly now. So uh, yeah, he's definitely one of those people that uh, I'm excited to see more from. And uh, even if it's a film like Mascara where it kind of went over my head.
1: Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I didn't know she was a lesbian. I didn't get it.
1: Oh yeah, I li- I like that one. It's not it's not a it's not as high as Matinee Idol in this for me, right? Or but, Devil and Miss Jones too, but yeah. Uh, it, you know, I like that as well. Yeah, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, I think we I think we've uh, rambled long enough.
1: Yes. Yeah, so uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. I already told you about patreoncom Report, but I'm plugging it again and uh in the meantime
0: don't forget your raincoat yes is that it (laughs) yeah yep yep, that's it
1: (laughs) fuck it you're hungry really
0: i don't think so i think i'm scared
1: Welcome to America, Willie.